welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. Hello and welcome into episode 108 of the Six Again podcast, the round eight preview of the 2021 NRL season. Um, should be a short and sweet one this week with regards to not a lot going on off the field. Um, we're starting a bit later as I was working a bit later tonight, but still here and slightly more tired than usual. My name is Adam. My name's Jared. I've just been waiting for Adam. He's had a good night though. He, oh yeah, fun night. Yeah, he got to watch some um, footy. What'd you do? Explain what you're doing at school, can you? Yeah, so Wednesday nights for the foreseeable future is our uh, rugby night. Our school is a state school, but rugby union is our main sport. And I've started a sports journalism and podcasting extracurricular program with some students. So tonight was the first real night of that. So we were doing match reports for two of the games and filming the game. So we can give the coaches the film and they can analyse it. And then we analyze it as well and I'm teaching the kids how to turn that into sport articles. So doing match reports on that as well. So I live about an hour away from my work. So I got back about 15 minutes ago and it's now 8.30 and we're kicking off this podcast. Ah. So hopefully we'll have a school podcast up in the next week or so. And we've got a little studio set up and some gear and yeah, it's fun. Just takes up a bit extra time, but it's worth it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yes, Jared's done all the prep for this one, and I get to wing it and just throw opinions in, which is brilliant. <laughs> and looking yeah. for that. So, yeah, what's been going on in your world? Nothing. I heard the dogs barking in the background before we started. Recording. Oh, yeah, yep. the dogs are playing. New little puppy. She's getting a bit more energy. So, she's growing up. So, she's going to have to spend some more time running around outside and. Um, Mrs. isn't feeling too good tonight, so she's out there screaming at him. It's pretty funny, actually. So, yeah. so you got, um, she'd be uh bigger than Smudge already, wouldn't she? Nova, oh, 100%. Yeah, she's a big girl yeah. now. She's just getting tall, she's not feeling she's skinny as anything, but she's just getting and Smudge is the height of your ankles, yeah. And he's but he, he is a cankle, let's put it that way, yes, he very much is, <laughs> and uh. Drop, yeah, psycho. I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna call it the psycho loud. One of those <laughs> dogs. He's a good dog. He's a good little. He's animal. all right. All right. So a an up to date update. If that makes sense on our footy tipping. The six again footy tipping comp. Uh, run on the footytips.com.au website. So we had the round scores. Uh, covered on Sunday. So there was only two people who got. Seven out of eight, myself and Footy S, um, which brings the total score slightly closer. So still leading the way and still by two points, Drum Kelly on 47. Uh, Belly Bulldogs and Methodical Flamethrower both on 45. And then a group of four on 44. Footy S in from the cold, Titanius and the underscore Irk. And... They've got a, a, a slight lead over the rest of the crew. Um, so going into round eight, a little, I've made up one, one spot 
and uh, but Drum Kelly is leading the way as they have since round one. Uh, on the street comp, I believe I bowed out after this week because I, oh no, Methodical Flamethrower is now leading uh, with the current winning streak of five games and Belly Bulldogs has had to start over after their streak of 13 games um, came to an end. So they've still oh, got no. the longest one of the season at 13 games. Methodical Flamethrower is the new leader on five. It's not All a right. bad run. No? <laughs> it's nice. Um, the, the street comp is getting bigger and bigger each week, which is cool. So... Head over to footytips.com.au, uh, get a profile set up if you haven't already, and jump onto the six again footy tipping com. You're going to type that into the search bar if you want to jump in on that. Uh, we'll be right back with our segment called Off the Ruck, all the news stories off the field. And we'll see you in a sec. Cool. So, stuff going on off the field, there hasn't been a whole lot. And, but this one really got me excited until I read the actual nitty-gritty of the article and Jared told me about what happened on NRL 360 tonight with Peter Vlandy's comments and it's kind of poured water over my fire area. Oh, no, it blew my fire up. It was fantastic. Yeah, well, Jared loves it because he hates the idea. But uh, the word conference systems came about again in the NRL world and this is looking down the, down the years, down the timeline a couple of years when... We're hoping to have 18 teams in the comp and the talk about the NRL being split into two conferences of nine teams. Supposedly that idea has been floated to South Sydney and St. George this week to get feedback. And Peter Beattie, um, in his position, the NRL has basically come out and said, we have to keep looking to innovate and we have a number of options with which to do that. The conference system is one idea in the grand scheme of the NRL moving forwards. It's definitely something that's been talked about, but nothing, not something that's been talked about in depth as a concrete idea. Um, it's been floated here and there. I am a supporter of the idea, as I've talked about, we had a whole segment of an episode about a year ago, almost now, about how I would do things and how a conference system would work. What I'm reading about it is it's along the same lines as what I'm thinking, but I'm not a fan of the idea of having a Sydney conference and a non-Sydney right. conference. Hold up for a second. Hold up. Yes. Because that's what Peter Volandi's touched on tonight. And he said that he saw that in the newspaper this morning. So he saw the idea for the regional Sydney competition and the regional... Yes. Um, oh, sorry, regional and Sydney competition. So that's not even across the NRL board. He's happy it is because, in his words, he values input, even though it's like this does what he wants and it's fantastic. Um, yeah. So... Adam's definitely not, well, not the biggest fan of it, but in, on the other hand, it's not even what NRL are thinking currently. So Okay, cool. So yeah. that's something that the media is kind of like trying to stir up as opposed to what's being talked about at NRL level. Yeah, looking at you, Sydney Morning Herald. Yeah, oh, the reason why I don't like the Sydney versus non-Sydney 
idea of conferences is the amount of travel the non-Sydney clubs would have well, to do. Yes. Um, so no, North Queensland and Warriors would have to be travelling to each other every year then, unless you try to pull a few games together when that team's in that area. Well, see, that got brought up as well. So the way they talked about the draw coming out would be still the same amount of rounds. So, uh, yeah. oh, sorry, not, not the same. So 26 games and two buys or something like that. No, something like that. Some along those lines or what it, no. Yeah, 13 games. <laughs> 13, sorry. Sorry, 13 games. Um, you'd still get six and seven away in home yes. games. So it's no different than what it is now. Yeah, I know, but it would be how I originally had set it up would be a North and a South conference. So Cowboys and Warriors would be in two separate conferences and they'd verse each other once. You'd verse everyone in your conference twice and you'd verse the teams in the other conference once. So in my model, it would be North Queensland would only have to travel to New Zealand once every two years. And New Zealand would have to travel to the Cowboys once every two years. Yeah, see, in the Sydney versus non-Sydney model, you'd have them traveling to each other every year. See, so it'd cut that. The, it'd cut the biggest travel margin out for the teams that having to do it. And then you could even pull North Queensland could fly down and verse Melbourne and New Zealand over two weeks, and only have to do that trip once. Okay. This will be one of the last times I ever said this. Mm-hmm. And this is... Paul Kent said something tonight that I actually agree with. Oh, <laughs> yes. really big. So, um, he, his argument was that you won't get the best... Well, So, what they're leaning towards is like a Super Bowl kind of thing. You have conferences play yeah. each other and then they work themselves yeah. out to the yeah. Super Bowl. Same thing. Um. His point was that the two best teams may not play in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which I don't agree with either. So, for example, in the last three, de- four decades, in the 80s, Parramatta and Bulldogs were the best two teams, right? They wouldn't have played each other in the Super Bowl. Um, in the 90s, Broncos and Canberra, they're in, they would be in the same regional competition, would not play each other in the Super Bowl. Um, it's only in the last 10 years where Melbourne and Roosters probably would have played each other in the Super Bowl. But he's got a point that the best two teams should play in the best game. And yep. that won't happen under this system. There's a, sorry, no, there's a chance it can't happen. System. It, it there's a chance it can't happen system. in the conference system. Yeah. So I, I don't... I don't agree out of, out, of the, out of the equation. I don't agree with the conference system that happening either. I'm not a biggest fan of that either. Yeah, my proponent was in the two conferences, the difference with the Super Bowl and the NFL is the teams don't all play each other. So you don't ever really know who the best team is, um, in my opinion. But in this one, it would be every team would be versing each other through the regular season. Once you have your top four from each conference, they then get reseeded into the top eight and you play your final system as per normal. So you wouldn't have a North versus South. So you'd still always still have the two best yeah. teams in the comp. So I'd re I'd reseed them once they get to the finals. Yeah, it just in the conference it allows you to have more of your local derbies. So you'd have your Queensland's your Queensland derbies, um, the teams on the northern side, your New South uh, your Newcastle, Manly, Parramatta, 
um, would still be able to be having their sort of conferences, uh, their sort of derbies, as would roosters, um, rabbits with bulldogs, and et cetera, et cetera. And then, yeah, once you have your final eight, you reseed. So you have the top. Yeah. You have the two teams versus each other in the grand final. Okay. So um, the next next big – oh, sorry, you you good? No, that, that's that's the end of it. So it, it, to me, it, it's exciting that it keeps getting brought up, even if it's little bits here and there. Um, and there wouldn't be anything concrete on this, so at least as a 17th and then an 18th team anyway. Yeah. Okay. So the next big thing that's come out is Graham Ennersley has taken a stiff arm to people doing stiff arms. Um, uh, <laughs> he's come out and said players need to wake up to themselves um, with the amount of... Um, high tackles there are. This is a direct quote. The petty has to drop here. Players can't play with an attitude where I don't have to worry about consequences of my actions. If you play with reckless abandon, you have to be aware it's going to come with consequence. So this is coming from the weekend, well, last couple of weeks actually, because there's been a few high profile suspensions and big tackles, which we'll get to in a minute um, with all the suspensions. Um <clears throat> Mainly Latrell Mitchell, obviously Jordan Pereira and James Tedesco, Josh Curran and Ravalawa, and Siasofa Taukai on the weekend. They are getting quite sick of handling this every single week. Um, I think it's a very uninformed thing to say um, because I wouldn't... I wouldn't say that many of these players on 500 grand a year are going out there to high t- throw high tackles out there on purpose. How many How many of those people do you reckon? How many players in the NRL would be doing that on purpose? Honestly. So in Annesley's words, how many players are playing with reckless abandon? Uh, none? Oh, there, there is, but... He specifically some that have brain snaps and yeah. it's it's kind of like keeps sneaking into the game. But a reckless abandon means you run around trying to take. That's really poor wording on his behalf. Yeah, I, I think it's very. I reckon it's a shit statement. Um, tell them to go watch a game in the eighties. That'll show you reckless abandon and people actually going out to hurt people. Yes, like it's big difference. It's so clean. I, I'm now. Looking at all those hits, like when you actually look at reckless. I could say that the Latrell Mitchell hitting the throat is reckless because it was un. It, it wasn't was needed. It's not even an action. Um, that's part of the game. Yeah. The hit on Tedesco, the Talakai hit. None of those to me were reckless. They were they were set in a position. They were extenuating circumstances, which resulted in the head high, especially in the Pereira one with um, him him being set. And taking his head, his eyes off the target before uh, Tedesco's body height dropped. To me, they're not reckless. They're mistimed um, and misdirected, but they're not going in there yet to take the dude's head off. And I think the rest of that statement was saying the media, the players, the teams, the fans have to reset of what's acceptable in the game now. And it's getting to the point where it really looks like we're getting to the point of rugby union where any of these shots, you're going to be guaranteed a Simbin. And which, which is happening. Look at Josh Curran. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. And then he got he's got downgraded, and we'll get to suspensions in, in a little bit. But I'm 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 all for the player's safety. And with this massive crackdown, I'm this is completely on me. This is nothing I've seen in the media. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some pressure behind closed doors, courtroom style of maybe the first lawsuits coming through with CTE or something, and they're really wanting to continually do as much as they can. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying that's happening. Um, that's saying that you definitely want, wouldn't want to get out in the mainstream. But on the other side, I'm still with Jared in that the, the, we need the physicality in the game and it's becoming harder and harder and harder for players who had to use their physicality to an advantage when there's more and more limited areas of the body to target. I still like the idea of the shoulder charge. I think you can still shoulder charge and it be controlled and hit a person in the shoulder or the chest and make it an effective tackle or contact. However, if you do miss, and misalignment, then yes, you can have severe penalties. The Talakai one's a perfect example. That was front on, shoulder first, shoulder hit shoulder, shoulder hit chest, and it slipped up. To me, that's not six weeks. There's the first contact not in the head. Um, yeah, it yeah, was I, one of the parts of the game, and it still is when it... Commentators jump out of the seat. Fans jump out of the seat. The players are amped up. Oh, it's those... Look. Sonny Bill's mm. considered a great player and all his highlights involve that. So, no, and he's done some freakish stuff, but his highlights is his hit on Joel Clinton. So, yes. Yeah. And NRL advertised that and flogged this shit out of that for 10 years. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. That that's I saw a great tweet on that. Um, NRL highlights. Yeah. Next season, the season leading forward, will have that Talakai hit in there. No doubt. Yeah. That, there's no way they won't. They used to have Steve Maddow in every promo video and he wouldn't even get a run anymore because he'd be suspended for the season for one yeah. tackle. All right. Um, We've spent so much time yeah. on shoulder charge. It's just insane. Yeah. Um, everyone, um, tweet your opinion. Send your opinions of what you believe on it because it is a controversial topic and me and Adam obviously have our own and we'll bring them up next time we'll have a chat about it. Because we're old school. Um, yeah. First State of Origin will be in Melbourne on the 9th of June and it's looking like Australia will be setting the world record for the largest crowd post uh, the start of COVID. It's okay. been announced by the Victorian MP uh, Martin Pakula uh, that they will be allowing 85,000 spectators into the MCG for the First State of Origin uh, match, which is awesome news, and people overseas will be like, "What the hell? How has that even been allowed?" Oh, no, not America. They'll be like, "Ah, oh, we do that all the time." Yeah, true. Florida, anyway. Florida Texas. doesn't go to sport events. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Felice Kafusi and Josh Adekar were there for the launch, as they both made their debut at the MCG game in 2018. And now just down the road, oh. and they play for opposing teams. Yes, and <laughs> it just happened to be that coincidental thing of Melbourne having a team. Uh, New South Wales winning that one, 22-12, on their way to their first series win since 2014. Now, I love this quote from uh, Kafusi here. 
because he's a what do you say you look at the mcg look at the facilities you've got here this is without a doubt the best sporting precinct in australia and as a queenslander who lives in sydney you can imagine how much that pains me to say that um yeah true it, it's pretty hard to argue against it sometimes but yeah was, sorry, that was Peter Peter saying that. I was like, "How's Kafusi going to yeah, be insane?" Yeah, I was gonna say he doesn't actually. Leave um, if he if he plays in Melbourne, that was Peter B saying that, and yeah, it, it's hard to argue against what Melbourne can do with sports. So, eighty five thousand at a state of origin again in Melbourne is going to be brilliant. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about the Parramatta Eels player. Oh yeah, so Parramatta Eels players got filmed. No one knows who filmed it. No one knows. Who released it, but he's been filmed doing a sexual act in a cubicle at a toilet. Um, more to come. He's been breached. Sorry, by... an, an intimate act. Okay, so yeah, that. intimate act. He's been breached by the NRL. Um, I can't remember how much he actually got fined. 5000 I actually don't care. Um, $5,000 breach notice. I and he could can... not care less. He couldn't respond to it if he needs to. Yeah, so look, we'll just leave that. that will, more information will come out as it comes, or NRL will just leave it alone. Um, yeah, that's pretty well all that is on that. I know. I kind of like how the NRL is keeping up to date on it. They, like, the play hasn't been announced. It was all done without – the filming, sorry, was done without consent. The act was with consent, and someone's just snuck in there with a the film and tried selling it. The player's been fined $5,000 with a breach notice and they have five days to respond to it, saying, what you did isn't illegal, but it's not a good look. Um, Basically, is what they're saying. Bringing the game into disrepute. Yes. Ex-St. George halfback Matthew Head. Ah, that was a great segue. I didn't even think of that. Um, Has been appointed the NRLW (laughs) coach for the St. George Dragons replacing Daniel Lacey after St. George went winless in the 2020 season. So Matthew Head coached the women's New South Wales Blues team in 2014 and 15 and has an extensive coaching background and most recently guided the Dragons New South Wales Cup side of the minor premiership in 2019. So he's looking a bit older, Matty Head, compared to his playing days. Um, Oh, well, you'd think so. But I was going to add that to the signings and suspensions and injuries part, because that's a signing. Oh, sorry. Well, we're in signings now anyway. Okay, signings. There we go. Um, There's the first one. The big one is Thomas Dearden obviously going to Cowboys for three years. Um, it's a massive deal. It hasn't exactly been released about how much he's signing for in those three years. Mm-hmm. It's excess of one million over the three years. So you're thinking one point five. That's three hundred grand a year. It'll probably be more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be more than that. But um, there's a big blow up about Cowboys losing a bloke. I oh, sorry, Broncos losing another junior after they lost Sam Walker. All those. Well, he's not a Broncos junior. He's a North Queensland junior. Um, on the other hand, the manager of Tom Deed has come out and said they've treated him really bad. Um, he's come out and said they didn't even offer him a deal, considering two years ago they were saying he's this new saver of the Broncos. Um, so follow that next time that. Um, well, next year when Broncos play for Cowboys, because I will get to it later, but he has officially been dropped this week from the Broncos, so I doubt mm-hmm. he's going to play NRL for the rest of the year now. Unless there's a major injury crisis. Um, so he came... It says 
Tommy's young. He came through first-class systems at the Broncos and Palm Beach Grumpen. Um, but he's a product of Mackay, and he was in the academy system up there as a teenager before going down to Palm Beach, where the Broncos scooped him up there. So he's a North Queensland kid, so he's kind of heading home. So Cowboys have got their halves locked in for next year, looking at Chad Townsend and Tom Dearden. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens now. It's got Drinkwater, who's off contract. They've actually come out today uh, and said they're going to make him a priority signing. Cowboys did. Yep. Um, yeah, so I don't know what's going to go on there because they've got Val Holmes at fullback. If he wants to start in role, he's probably going to have to leave the Cowboys. Um, yeah. The ne- next big one is Trent Barrett's not making friends out west. He has signed a young, another Pembroke player in Brent Naden. Um, for two years, starting next year. Um, so Brent Naden's, he, he's a quality center. Um, Very pacey. Yeah, he's, he's, he's tall and lanky too. So next year, the back line they're going to have, they're going to have Flanagan, Burden, Naden, Kotrick, Adokar, and Dallin with Teens Lesniak. So it's starting to lean towards something now. Um, Bennett Barrett's come out and he said his next priority will be signing a hooker and maybe releasing a few forwards and swapping that out to get a few mm-hmm. more just for some depth. Um, so essentially, expect Mitch Kenny to sign with the Bulldogs any day now. <laughs> Very nice. Um, and yeah, so. Look, there's a few Penrith boys out there who aren't getting to run, like Scott Sorensen still plays for it. No, there's a Scott Sorensen in yeah. with this year. Isn't getting yeah. to run. Why the hell not looking to blokes like that? He's a, he's a first grader through and through, that bloke. He just can't make this quality Penrith squad. So, what about Joe Stimson? He's out there somewhere. He's a Bulldogs. He'd love him at Manly, wouldn't you? Oh, hell yeah. Um, okay, so they're the two players signing. The Biggest one that's happening on Sunday is won't get a headline at all, but I think he'll have the biggest impact out of all of them. And he's previously signed. We've already talked about this, but he walks into his job on Sunday, and that's Dave Donaghy, ex-Melbourne Storm CEO, starts on Sunday at the Broncos. So I think that's one of the that's going to be a massive thing for the Broncos. Get some fucking leadership there. <laughs> That's what they're screaming out for. Um, whoever's running it right now is, is letting white. No one. No, no, um, Kevin Walters run rough shot. I know Dave Donahue wouldn't have touched what um, Craig Bellamy was doing, but he would. You know, I, I think he would come out and just teach. Kevin Walters a few things about stability and stuff like that. <laughs> Just have a bit of a chat with him about it. Um, and for front of house at the Broncos, he's going to clean a lot of shit up moving forward. And it'll be very interesting to see what Broncos come out with as far as their retention, their recruitment. Um, because there's so much up in the air right now out there. And, which would be the most frustrating thing for a Broncos supporter because there's a contract sitting there for Katoni Staggs for the last three months. He has not signed it. Xavier Coates is 
sitting there going, there's a contract there for him, but he's waiting to see what happens at Craig Bellamy. They lost Tom Dearden. Who else have they lost in the last year? They've lost David Fafida. Um, you'd think having Donahue there will help because he fostered a pretty damn good culture at Melbourne. Um, and what he did was bring in good people around him to make the culture solid with a good work ethic. So so pretty much Broncos can only get better with someone new in the saddle. Oh. <laughs> ah. um, you mean Jake Simpkin? Oh, did he re-sign, did he? Yeah, so he signed a contract extension with the West Tigers, keeping him to the club at the end till the end of 2024. Now, if you're talking about Bulldogs needing to sign a hooker, uh, Jacob Little finally yeah. got a, a, a non-injury or an injury-free run with the Tigers to start the year. And he was, well, in my opinion anyway, definitely not one of their weaklings. He started the season quite well. Yeah, that's right. He's been having to bide his time behind Harry Grant last year, behind injuries, behind Robbie Farah. I'll tell and you what. This kid who's very talented. I'll tell you what. For now, but there is a lot of good hookers <laughs> running around now too. So you got the big mm-hmm. ones like Coruscant, Hodson, you got Cook. But then you got your Braley brothers, Simkin, Robson as well from Cowboys. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm, I'm not hating how... Um, What's the Broncos hooker na- na- name? What's his name again? Um, Turpin. Turpin. Jack. Turpin. I'm not hating how he's playing. Sam Verrills is playing well. There's a lot of like. There's a lot of good hookers running around the competition mm. this year. Um, good up and coming hooker. So since we're just going all for it tonight, um, suspension. So we had a chat about suspensions. Um, oh, that's on the that's on the next segment. Oh well. Okay. That's All everything. Right. That's everything. That's everything off the field. We'll be then... right back, everyone. Without. This... All right. Yeah. So we're back. We're just messing everything up tonight. Suspensions. We're confirming them. Actually... It's brilliant. Yeah, because we we can confirm them because they've actually happened. So Jordan Pereira um, is going to get free games for his hit on Teddy. He did actually fight that charge. Curran actually um, is free to play. He downgraded, so good on him to a level one. Ravalawa gets two games for a hit on Morris when he led with the face. Fulia Maiono got a $1,350 fine for a hit on Tedesco as well. So Tedesco essentially copped it. Um, I'm really hoping he doesn't play this weekend. Talakai got a four-game ban for his shoulder charge. Um, Dunn got one week for a crusher tackle, Mitchell Dunn. Clemmer got a $1,600 fine. And Fodawake also got a $1,350 fine. Um, other than that, there's no real injuries that we did not report the other night. And, um, yeah, that's injury suspensions. Is uh, that worth no, waiting for, everyone? Paul Turner's Got injured. He won't play again this season after undergoing shoulder surgery. Oh, so Warriors, yes, yeah, so the Warriors, they, they're going to have a uh, a pretty decimated team this week because Toru Harris is also looking at missing this week with a head knock. So that joins Fusatua, Adam Pompey, Chanel Harris-Tavita, Peter Hicker, Ewan Aiken, Adam Fanua Blake. Tell you what. Um, I feel sorry for Paul Turner because he was very close to going to the Broncos and now he's got a shoulder reco. Um, 
See yeah, well, he said no to go to the Broncos because, remember, he was going to downgrade to a... Yeah, but, look, something could have been worked out in the long run. They need someone like him. So, that's, that's, that's pretty disappointing. Um, um, Patrick Herbert and Sam Lasone, we didn't have time frames for their injuries, but it looks like they'll be out for at least a month uh, due to their injuries they suffered against the Rabbitohs last week. And... Oh, here we go. Sammy Valemi and Sam Williams have been named to return New South Wales Cup, so adding to Canberra's depth. Yeah. There. I was going to yeah, get to that's... that. Oh, I, I thought that was in injuries. No, no, no. It's in the. Oh, I was going to put it in the team oh, thing. That's okay. Welcome to geez. our planning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, okay. That's what Talakai hit again. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be right back with the games for this round and our tips and our best bets. Again, like he's up in the line, and as soon as he sees the ball coming this way, he just speeds up. So I started recording without Adam actually knowing then. He's got a really strong look in his face. So first game wow. this week, Raiders versus South wait, Sydney. Wait, wait. Talakai's hit or Steve oh. Maddow and Dave Tyrrell? Um, Talakai's hit is bigger. It's a bigger man hitting a smaller man compared to a smaller man hitting a prop. <laughs> Bullshit. Steve Maddow is the same size as Dave Tyrrell. Um... Okay, first game for this week, Raiders versus South Sydney at GIO yeah. Stadium, Canberra. Awesome yeah. game, awesome place and game to watch footy. I actually get the missus to watch this because she loves the Viking clap. According to Sportsbet, Canberra are two sixty, South Sydney a dollar fifty to win the game. Um, in this one, there's massive changes for Canberra. Ricky Stewart's got the shits again this week, so he's. Um, change of team. Jared Croker has been sidelined with a shoulder injury, so Sebastian Chris shifts to the centers and Simonson is back to the wing. Papali has been rested and his place on the bench is taken by Joseph Tarpany, who was dropped last week. Um, and Josh Hobson is at least another week away. So it doesn't seem like there's many changes, but they are some big losses coming out of Canberra this week. Um, yeah, obviously, they're kind of starting to pile up. Well, Every every couple of years or every year, Ricky Stewart drops Papali and he reacts very well to it. Um, he's come out and said he had a one-on-one chat to the Papali and Papali admitted his form's not there and he wants the old Papa back. Um, we'll just have to wait and see if this time it actually works or this time is this Ricky Stewart clutching at straws. Okay, so with Rabbitohs, Wayne Bennett has named the same 17 players, to, but Tavita's Totolo suffered a head knock and failed his HIA last season. Uh, last last round, sorry. Last night. Yeah. Uh, must pass through concussion protocols. And the troll Mitchell suspended until round 11. So this game, um, Cody Walker no, no, is... Sorry. Update. Up. So Tavita Toll has been ruled out. Oh, okay. Uh, so that means Gaya probably... Rose starting prop. And then probably Harme Selly will come into the squad or Patrick uh, Margo. Patrick Margo, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so for this one, Cody, bad player to bring on. Cody Walker, even though he started the fullback last week, gets the number one jersey with Benji Marshall at six. As we said last week, it's a very, I reckon it's a stronger team. The best team they could put out there with missing Latrell Mitchell. Starting Benji can always help. 
Um, I will say that last time something like this happened, South Sydney put a um, reserve half on the bench. This time they've they've got four forwards. But in saying that too, Dean Hawkins could go in there instead of Patrick Margo or Hame Selle. So he was the one yeah. who was last time. He dropped, he dropped out. Yeah, well, there you go. I doubt it. So what's your call on this one? I'm going South Sydney. I'm just a bit upset. Like, this is the sort of game in at the start of the season. You're looking ahead going, oh, man, this could be a beauty down in Canberra. But just on the form of Canberra and the fact that they're missing Charles Nickel Cookstar, uh, Jared Croker, Josh Hodson, Josh Papali, it just takes away that little bit of star power and the same with Latrell missing. I, I think that obviously South are putting out a much stronger side overall. I think how Keon Kolomatangi played in his starting role last week was mightily impressive. And I, I think he's playing himself into that starting secondary position regardless um, at this stage. Um, like I said, bringing Patrick Margo onto the bench gives him a pretty big bench with Liam Knight, Mark Nichols. I think Jacob Host is, is he's trying real hard, but he might be running out of chances with regards to his ball security and mistakes he's making. It was good to see Corey Horsborough back last week as well. Um, I'm looking at this one as the Raiders versus Benji Marshall. <laughs> because so are you picking Souths? Benji Marshall. Well, I don't know. The Raiders have won six of their past eight games against the Rabbitohs, but Benji Marshall has won ten of his eleven games at GIO Stadium. <laughs> so, oh, if you're looking at that, <laughs> um, it's going to be a damn tight game. No, I'm going. I'm going the Rabbitohs. I think Bennett's just got them chugging along really solid at the moment. They're Winning the game, they're winning their games quite handsomely. And when there's a tight contest, they're finding a way to get out on top. Oh, you got Adam Reynolds who can kick the ball from anywhere. Yes. So since this whole contract talks basically said South's not going to be offering him a contract, he's probably been playing his best and most consistent footy for a little while. He's pretty much in everything. Um I honestly don't know what we're going to get from Canberra this week. So last three weeks, they haven't scored a point in the second half. I've got one thing to say about this game is I I am picking South, but don't rule out Canberra for the season. Don't don't do it. I'm not ruling out for the season. I just think they're in the funk that they're in now, they'll get out of. But it's odd for a team with this much uh, talent. If you watch the game last week against the Cowboys, they took a six-all game and turn it into a 24-6 lead in just over 10 minutes. And then they lost it. Like they, just went, they just went boom, boom, boom. We can we can put points on like that. And then didn't score in the second half. Yeah. And let in uh, 24 points. Yeah. Wasn't it to go down? Oh, yeah. Uh, 18 points. Uh, 20 points. 18 points, something like that. To go down by two. And you're like, how's that the same team? You, you've still got Rapani. You've still got Scott. You've still got White. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they will get over oh, it. They will get I over it. Um, okay. Think, yeah, rabbits, rabbits are in a better spot. Um, if you're looking for a little bet on this one, a little bit of a flutter, if you're confident on the Rabbitohs, um, they're paying $1.50 on mine, but you, the line's only minus five and a half. 
and you can get $2 for that. So you can add 50 cents on your bet if you take Rabbitohs at the line of minus five and a half, which looks like uh, a pretty decent, pretty decent take. Yep. Okay. I'm going Rabbit. All right. So the next game down in Melbourne um, is Cronulla versus, Cronulla versus Melbourne. The big talking point out of this game, Will Chambers is coming back to start for Cronulla. And um, yeah, that'd be interesting because considering he's what, won two grand finals with Melbourne, went over to Japanese rugby, now he's back. This is a massive line difference. So um, Melbourne Storm are going at $1.10 and Cronulla Sharks are going at $7, which is huge. Um, for this game, uh, George Jennings head knock out of the side and he's Place is taken out by Tom Eisenhoof, which I'm very surprised about, to be honest. Um, Remus Smith moves to the wing because Melbourne are linked with the Falcons, right? And the Falcons have had this very strong centre playing for them this year named um, BJ Afuga Tumaga. And he scored... A, a try and a couple tries in every game this year. And it's very surprising they hasn't been had a look in yet, especially with the injuries they've got in their outside back. So that'd be interesting. Um, well, the other look- name is Dean Irema as well. I, sorry, Iremia, who's been on the reserves every week. And he's yeah. a Melbourne product. Um, the, the first thing that's come through their entire system from the Melbourne area, and he's a wing. So I thought that'd be a, a, a more simple switch there, but... Yeah. Um, okay, so New Look Bench, Riley Jackson, and Chris Lewis um, on there with Nelson and Suffer Solomon has been rested after showing concussion symptoms, symptoms post-match on Sunday. Pappenhausen is at least two weeks away. Sharks... Um, several changes that sh- suffered that loss. The Bulldogs of a- Wade Graham and prop Aiden Tolman back on deck. Will Chambers is named to play in his first game in the centers. Um, Graham's return pushes Teague Wilton to the bench and Billy McGaws to the reserves. Um, Chambers replaces Josh Dugan, has been demoted to the reserves list. Jesus, that's not good boating well considering he's off contract. Um Tom went back on deck. Hamlin Newelli moves to the interchange bench, which I'm very surprised about because he's been very good. Um, Matt Boylan has been named among the reserves after his late withdrawal from the Bulldogs game due, due to a quad injury. So because of that, um, they've got Jordan Johnson and Chad Townsend in the halves. Um, do you see Moylan getting a run? Uh... If, if oh, I, I could, because at the moment they're in a change four forwards, uh, depending where you'd play Braden Trindle. And looking at Melbourne's in a change, you've got a hooker, a lock, a second row, and a halfback. Uh, it's a really odd looking interchange for Melbourne, but uh, Bellamy does that every now and then. I'm looking at this Sharks back line, and there's just something about seeing Will Chambers' name there that just makes it look safe. Mm. And you have no idea what his form's going to be like, but Will Kennedy, uh, Chambers, Ramy, and Johnson Townsend, that looks really solid. It's their wingers that they are relying on getting back. And I think 
Mulatalo and Katoa are both a step above Harodi and Tracy there. And then they could have the makings of a decent back line. Yeah, um, but it, despite all that, Melbourne is going to run rough shot all over the park here. Yeah, they, they, they should do. I, I'm surprised. No, now that I think about it, I'm not surprised. With Aiden Tolman coming back into the side... Uh, starting him at prop to me makes more sense than him coming off the bench because he's not an impact player and at least him in ULA when he comes on you'll notice him um, Tolman could play the whole game at prop or come off the bench and you won't even notice when he's on or off because he'll just, <laughs> he'll just go through his he just goes through what he does that's just what he does um, Josh Dugan his game last week reminded me of Cherry Evans, the first two or three weeks, he was just trying no, to get no. <laughs> trying. So Cherry Evans did not consistently get shut over by Will Hopewade. Yeah, Will Hopewade is a half decent player. He destroyed Josh Dugan last week. Yeah, well, what you didn't let me finish my. <laughs> he was just trying way too hard. To me, like when he got the ball, he was trying to do too much. He was thinking about what he wanted to do before he got a grasp on the ball, which led to the knock-ons. And he might have been overthinking the defense as well. And that's what happens when you get put under pressure from a team that you're meant to be beating, or at least on paper meant to be beating. Um, having a week off might be what he needs, clear his head a bit, um, be able to watch some tape with the coaches, all that sort of stuff. Wouldn't be surprised to see Moreland come in. I'm not keen on the Tom Eisenhuth in center. I think this, I think I think Bellamy's got enough uh, leverage with where they are on the ladder to give um, Irema a crack. Uh, maybe that's just selfish. So I want to see how he goes. Um, it's, it's a defensive move. Like yeah, I know, but that means you're expecting the Sharks to score a lot of points. No, no, that means you're expecting that you you you'll believe that your defense is going to keep them to zero, and you have enough attack to rip them apart everywhere else. The only one who yeah. should be angry about that him is having is um well his Remus Smith because he's not going to get any. Playable cool. or any space with Tom Tom Heisenhoof in the centers. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like Smith and Jennings weren't great defensively to start the year, and we when so we expected that, but they were a new combination. And at least keeping Remy Smith in the centers was going to keep some stability for him. But yeah, anyway, um, it's not the most exciting Melbourne team that they've put out there, but they should control this game from start to finish. I'm not expecting a huge score from them, but I'm expecting a controlled game, something like maybe a 24-10, something like that. And they'll do enough to win because they're not as potent as they can be all over the park, I don't think, with this lineup. Um Oh, I, I, honestly, looking at this, I think Sharks have got more points in them than Melbourne, but I don't think they'll be able to control the ball well enough and be efficient enough with the chances they get no. to put those points on. They're more, they have more attacking individual players, but not not as good attacking in um, whole unit. And that's where Melbourne yeah, will exactly. be sure all over them. Okay. Well, you've got the talent there. You don't have the systems. That's the difference. Yeah. So next game, oh, this is going to be a big and. Um, Broncos versus Titans. 
So Broncos are going at three dollars seventy-five, and Gold Coast are oh. going dollar twenty-eight. So uh, it's a hundred percent that Storm's going to win. Okay. Because it's a milestone game, and they don't lose. Oh milestone shit! Games. Yeah, right. Who's the they're milestone? going for their hundredth? Vic- yeah, they're going for their hundredth victory at Amy Park. They'll win. Okay. All right. So, an X five eight, who's won six premierships, still not getting the idea that stability is the best thing for a half. So he's changed his half again, half combination again. I don't. I can't even. I've lost count how many times he's done this. Um. Had a stat on that a couple of weeks. No, we no you've, you had a stat in the last combinations. You've had a stat in the last two years. I want to see how many times he's changed it in the last seven weeks, because it sure. would be at least three to four in seven weeks. Yeah. Um. So Anthony Milford oh. back from his um Q Cup game to partner Tyson Gamble. Tyson Gamble's a really good player. Give him a few weeks in the NRL and see how he goes. You reckon Walter's rolling the dice on that one? Oh, I think it's. I reckon he's just pissed that Tid and did and walked out, and he's and Brody Cross copping it. I know what gamble means. Um, yeah. I'm just yeah, genuinely pissed off for Broncos fans right now. Um, Jesse Arthur's return for illness and comes into the centers for David Mead. Um, Alex Glenn is out for a month, as we discussed. Um, so and then for the Gold Coast. Um, winger Anthony Don is back for his first game since round four. So Philip Sammy shifts to the centers and fills a hole left by Patrick Herbert, who suffered a calf injury against the Rabbit. Herman SASA is a new face on the bench, replacing Yay. Sam Lissone, who expected to miss six weeks with a peck injury. Team Erifas Mawali is due back from suspension in round nine, which I'm stoked about this because it's we we had this massive debate last week about the benefits of moving the Gold Coast Titans team around. And Sam McIntyre and Herman SASA, they were two massive signings for Gold Coast that went underrated because they signed for Fida and Fasamawali that no one really got to bring them up too much. But these two... They can make a break this Titans team. They have that much potential between the two of them. And they're very, very different players. Like Sam McIntyre is really aggressive, loves a um, really tough game, runs hard, hits hard as well. And Herman SASO is more of a finesse player, likes to pass, likes to step late. Mm. And he's very hard because he's 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 a he's a trunk. It's just yeah, he, he's so well built for NRL. And um, yeah, so this is these two are very good players to bring on if you're losing some um, starters. So it's really good to Gold Coast coming in right now. I'm expecting to win this and win this comfortably. Um, so last week, Dave Fafita scored three mm. tries in 10 minutes against a very, very good South Sydney team. Um, and then they, didn't, they limited him in the second half. This game, Broncos don't have the ability to limit David Fafita. And remember, last time Dave Fafita played against the Broncos in like round two or three, I'm guessing Milford's going to be on the same side this time, unless they just do the old switcheroonie before the game even starts and then throw the two-game veteran in in Tyson Gamble. So (laughs) this is just ridiculous. So being down there in round two, um, watching this and, and seeing... 
This was a game where in the second half, I believe, Fasim Awali played prop lock in second row. Um, but there was a stage where it was would him have played and half back still would have won. Yeah, standing next to each other. They were defending on the goal line. And just seeing those two guys next to each other and we were directly behind the goalpost going, they that is they are two big people. And the only person who really stood out on the Broncos because pass was suspended was Tavita Pangai, who's quietly putting together a pretty good start to the season uh, with regards to consistency as well and getting himself involved. Um, I, I'm looking at that Titans bench going SASA McIntyre, Joel Leaf. They'll probably rotate with Wallace Fodawaker and probably Proctor. Um, although I would not be surprised for Holbrook to give Fafida a break if the Titans have a little bit of a lead. Um, nah, he'll want to shit all over him, especially at Suncorp. Well, I'm just saying he hasn't had a break over the nah. last two weeks. Nah, he, he'll, 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 he'll just release him out of a cannon after halftime. Yeah, true. Uh, looking at this Titans back line, they're only changing them around based on injury. So uh, it, it's Sammy in this week with Herbert out, um, Don's back, meaning who, who's been filling there? Jonas Pearson. Uh, Corey Thompson's been on fire lately. Ash Taylor, third week back, so looking for some more uh, game-breaking ability from him. Now, this Broncos team, John Asiata again named on the reserves. You can't tell me that they're – a player's in their forward pack and on their bench with more talent and more to give than Asiata. But to me, that's an odd, still an odd selection. Tessie Neu back on the reserves. We haven't seen that for a couple of weeks. And Brody Croft there on the reserves. But you expect definitely Brody Croft not to come in. Tessie Neu might be a late inclusion. Who knows? Now, this Jesse Arthurs comes in for the Broncos. Um, he's kind of been hit and miss with regards to when he gets selected. Jordan Ricky back in the starting squad. So Ricky and Pangai Jr. They're actually two bodies, big bodies, who'd have a better chance than most others in slowing down for feeder. It's going to be really interesting to see for feeder and Pangai if they line up against oh, each other. Yeah, that'd be cool because Pangai was playing lock, I believe, last time when they played in round two, and he was buggered after forty minutes. So. <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. Can you imagine Fafida and Pango running at each other for the game? That'd be cool. They're lined up opposite at the moment, uh, like opposite sides of the field at the moment, but yeah, there could be some fireworks out there. Even though the Titans are on a three-game skid, mm-hmm. no, two-game skid, Manly and then Rabbits, they versed two teams that have been in form, and at least they put up 30 points against the Rabbits. It's their defense that they've got to be worrying about. And... The Broncos attack well, they scored a point in their last four second halves. So imagine them versus Canberra in a second half contest. Um, Bloody hell. Oh, so Anthony Milford got dropped two weeks ago. He played one game for South Logan and Kevin Walters was very disappointed. He came down and he said he's got a lot to learn before he gets back. Played again on the weekend. Um, he played a good game. I think he got a try and a couple of line break assists and two try assists and played a good game. But one week of a good game being dropped back to reserves. No, one week of a game 
because you got criticised a week before. One good game, oh, yeah, you've been you've been put down for, and you get put back. Yeah. That's not based because he's good. It's because of what's happened with the others. Yeah, and what like Croft as well, Dearden, and Tyson Gamble, and um, they see what annoys me right now. They've been linked to every single half in the competition. When they've got Ab, I'm gonna say it again. Albert Kelly sitting there playing for South Logan, Carmichael Hunt sitting there who would do probably better than Milford at six right now. Um, uh, I don't know what to say anymore. This is just uh, uh, so Titans are paying dollar thirty, Broncos paying three dollars fifty. David Fafita first time back at Suncorp since his signing. Um, probably gonna get booed. To be fantastic. You just gave me gave him different odds than what I gave him at the start of this. Oh, sorry, I missed that. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're obviously on different uh, agencies. No okay. Next game, Adams. I, I if I was Adam, I'd be looking forward to this. So we got Titans times two. Sorry, Titans times two. Oh, picking Titans. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't say by time. Yeah. So I think it might be a long confidence. Um, next game, Adam, we're looking forward to this because yeah, essentially yeah. it's Pembroke Panthers versus Tom Travojevic. And that's not even a joke because that's what it is right now. Pembroke are going at $1.18. Tom Travojevic is going at $5. Um, so, really? Oh, yep. Holy jeez. What's the difference? What do you got? Dollar nineteen four sixty, but no, I mean either way, that's a lot. Yeah. So Coruscant, returns, play against his old club. Mitch Kenny goes to reserves, and um, that's about all. For Des Hasler, he's named Tom Travojevic seventeen times, the same as he, same as he did last week. Oh, shut up. Um. Yeah. So there's no changes in the two squads. Um, Travojevic's are going on a high with what a two game winning streak right now. Um, obviously, Pembroke haven't lost in seven games. This could be very interesting. Um, it'd be interesting how I'm getting kind of sick of it saying it right now, but last week, um, Pembroke really made a focus on shutting down Ponga and Best on that left-hand side for Newcastle because they identified that as a strength. Manly's strength is, again, Tom Travojevic. Like, it's not even denial anymore. Cherry Evans has been playing well because of him. Karen Foran has been playing well because of him. Um, it's because of... So, I'm very curious how Pembroke come up with stopping Tom Travojevic right now in the... Um, Form he's in. The only question I've got is I, I think you guys. Do. I think you guys have enough points to beat him. Yeah. Because, um, beat Pembroke. I'm a bit more worried about your defense to beat him. Mm-hmm. That's my only concern. I think you can. I think you can win the game through your attack. This is going to sound the dumbest thing in the world, but you will lose it through your defense if. Because the way Pembroke are playing right now, so I think this week you got to focus. I wouldn't even focus on your attack because this is going to come naturally. But your defense that could be Des Hazel's main focus and stopping Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. Yeah. So 
if you look at Manly's defense after the first four weeks, um, the four teams that they'd verse were coming first, second, third, and fourth on the table. And all four of them put points on the Seagulls, 46, 26, 38, 46. Um, and they were the top four teams in Roosters, Rabbits, Dragons, Penrith. They were the four at that stage. Since then, Manly Sorry. has led... Breaking huh? news. And this is huge. All right, hold on to it. The last three weeks, Manly Oof. has led in 12, 0, and 6. And, and put on 13, 36, and 40. So... Defense is trending definitely in the right direction. And it's been a 50, almost 60 point swing in their for and against. But I see where you're coming from at the same time. All right, breaking news. Craig Bellamy re-signed for Melbourne Storm as their head coach for 2023. No way. Well, 2022, sorry. Yeah, way. So don't that, be surprised in the next couple of weeks you see Xavier Coates go to Melbourne Storm because that's the reason he's held off. That's just massive. a year. Yeah, that's massive. Massive. Do you reckon he's got inside knowledge on the Brisbane expansion bid? If anyone did, it would be him because they'd be sounding him out. That's if he even wants to coach him anymore. Like I don't think he has the energy in him to restart a club, like start up a club. Because he practically... I think his words saying that's the only other thing he'd look at coaching. Yeah, I just don't think he has the energy to start up a club again, to be honest. I think he's, I think he's just tired, man, <laughs> to be honest. like I think he's safe coaching Melbourne. Like he knows what he's doing. He's got the team there he wants and all this kind of stuff. I think that... Um, if he had to rest, like start up a club, that's massive. He'd have to be recruiting well now. Um, yeah, I think that'd be pretty big. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Big. Sorry right. for interrupting you about that. Uh, um, okay, next game. You're talking... We haven't even talked about this one. Just uh, <laughs> you're talking about Penrith putting all their stock into stopping Tom Trebojevic. And we talk, I talked about this last episode that... It's not just him scoring the points, him being back, and you touched on Cherry Evans and Foran about them playing better. Mm. They can play better because they've got more time because there's yeah. more focus on Draboyevich. So Manly can still win this game if Draboyevich doesn't score a try. Yeah. If they focus everything on him, the way that Schuster's been playing, you've almost got four playmakers now on the field in Draboyevich, Foran, Cherry Evans, and Schuster. Too bad none so of them are dummy enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> Wait, hey, Lachlan Croker made a line break last week. <laughs> He's yeah. learning. And um, I always get, I had a giggle when you said Coruscant versus his old club. So he went from Penrith to Manly back to Penrith. So it's kind of like his old club versus his old club versus his new club. But anyway, um, I don't know if I want to be a homer here and just tip Manly because of what we've been doing and oh. the fact that they're at $5. Holy crap. Um, I'm picking Penrith. The other thing really to look forward to, this is the second of the regional games. This is out at Bathurst. So it's a 3 p.m. start uh, out there. So Penrith have been taking games out to Bathurst for a number of years now. And 
I really want Manly to play well because Penrith have spanked us the last two times we've played them. I think it's been like a four and against of about 90 to 12. Um, I like the fact that Dylan Edwards is playing from a Manly point of view. I uh, I would prefer not to from, because, as I said last week, and it got proven actually, last week. Actually, yeah, that's true because it puts Crichton back to centre. Yeah, and he back. played a lot, his best game last week of the season yeah, oh, since Dylan Edwards was back. So if yeah, I was you, I wouldn't be overly stoked about that one. That's kind of like... I know. I think Dylan Edwards has got talent, but it's hard to see his talent outside of Cleary and Luai, uh, to, in, in my opinion. But yeah, Crichton at centres is much better position, and he's going to run all over either Parker or Harper because yeah, that's just what they do. Oh man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm still making up my mind on that one. Okay. So. You're going to get back to me on the tip on that one. Next game, Bulldogs versus Para out at Stadium Australia. Bulldogs are going at $7. Para going at $1.10. So that makes sense. <laughs> Matt Dory and Chris Smith, who must pass concussion protocols to play this weekend, and be named in 17 to face Para. Dalen Mateen Zlesniak, who was hospitalized on the eve of last week's drought-breaking victory. Um, have been named to play. <laughs> sorry, and Brett utility Brady. Brendan Wakeham have been named to play in reserves. Lachlan Lewis and Jackson Topney will be sitting out for another week at least. Uh, Ryan Madison has been named to return for his first match since round two on the bench with Papa Leahy retaining retaining the starting side, which he deserved. No two ways about it. He deserved to stay there. Um. With the starting 13 unchanged, Hayes Dunster is a new face on the interchange, replacing Will Smith's suspected broken thumb. Um, and Rarimo Gregg drops from the interchange to reserves to make way for Madison with Joey Lussick joining him on the extended bench. So, so going for first back-to-back wins since August 2019. Yeah. So we talked our last week that Sharks were... Um, shit at finishing in attack because they had six disallowed tries, this which let Bulldogs win. To be honest, if anything, if anything, Parramatta are very good finishers. Uh, you got Sivo on the wing, you got Fergo on the wing, Gufferson, who's the ultimate backup man, Mitch Moses, Dylan Brown. Uh, Opachik and Nia Kore are pretty handy themselves. I doubt they will blow six chances on the weekend unless they're able to score 400 other times. Um, for it's the kind Bulldogs. Of what last week. Sorry? It's kind of what happened last week against the Broncos where it was a very messy game. Yeah. Uh, early on, it was a six all score line, which ended up being a 46 6 score line. So it's a difference between Eels this week and Sharks last week. Yeah, so uh, the only thing I can say for Bulldogs is a few of these power players are going to come up with ice packs because they always do hit hard. But I think that's the best thing we can say for the Bulldogs currently. 
Yeah, a, a good game for the Bulldogs last week. It was a good team performance, but Bradley Dites was quite impressive off the bench. He, he was very energetic when he came on, very enthusiastic, made some good metres through the middle uh, against the Sharks there and, and really got the Bulldogs on the front foot. They're going to need more than just one person playing out of their skin this week to really stand a chance. Luke Thompson has been quite impressive, the, mm-hmm. the Englishman this season, switching between prop and lock based on injuries and form of others. Um, oh, I'm looking at, we're talking just before with Melbourne and systems in that I don't think they'll put a lot of points on that their systems will outdo the individual talent of Cronulla. Looking at Tom Opachik in the Parramatta back line. Now he's had stints at the Broncos, he's had stints at the Cowboys. And at neither of those was he a consistent starter, a consistent selection in and out of the side, never looked threatening, never looked like a key cog in those teams. He's come down to Parramatta and he's played every game this season and he's looked good. He's been involved in scoring. He's not the try scoring machine like Jennings is, but he's been reasonable in defense and, average to above average, at least in attack. And it shows the power of a good system if you get it put in place. He's just slot in, doing his role. And you look at their other centre, is Murata Niakore, a second rower, who's played a centre out of necessity and is now making a fist of it. And if you have good systems in place, it, it can make your individuals better. And this uh, Parramatta right now is a great example of that with those two. Which... You can't um, have said that last couple of years because they've been so lacking in depth. There's no one else to put in there to, because you still have to have that talent to fit into that system. They haven't had anyone the talent to do that. So good on Brad Arthur. Yeah, and and, and you look at if you switched, if you switch the centers for the two teams in this game, can you imagine Opechik and Niakore playing in the centers for the Bulldogs? No, um, you'd be looking at that going, man, that is a horrible backline. And you bring, Hopawati, you bring Hopawati and Corey Allen over and put them in the Eels back line. Man, how good does that Eels back line look with yeah. Hopawati and Allen in that system? And Opa Chicken near Corey would be absolutely clueless in the other one because Bulldogs just don't have that, those structures in place yet. So, yeah, I, I've got uh, Parramatta on this one quite convincingly. I still keep myself every week that I didn't jump on Papa Leahy in fantasy on the second week. I just thought he's just coming off the bench. He's grabbing a try here and there. It's not going to be consistent. Well, he showed me up as, and good luck. Uh, and screw you all to everyone who did put him in. Ah. Um, uh, how many how many meters? How many minutes does Madison get? He got eighty uh, last week in his cup. I see. The thing about it is that he's playing on the right. Um. <laughs> It just depends how long Brad Arthur wants to take Papali off for. Because Papali's an 80-minute second rower. Mm. So, like, I don't think Madison can split, put, be put anywhere else in that squad. Because he hasn't... Fit- lane come off? Well, but, but, but that's my point. Like, Madison hasn't really found his feet in this Parramatta squad yet. So, do you take him and put him in another position in on the left-hand side? Or do you, when Sean Lane does come off, do you think that 
Papalihi is durable enough to switch sides. No, I think Bryce Cartwright will actually. Bryce Cartwright will come on for Sean Lane like last week. So he looked real good when he came on. So do you reckon he'll give Papalihi rest? He'll have to. Him yeah. and Madison will have to be the ones. That tell switch. you what, that's some very ball playing, ball playing second row with Madison and Cartwright playing there. When they come on, because they'll come on, you imagine it around, around about the same time. Um, yeah. That's very, yeah, that's interesting. That is, unless you want to so, switch Cartwright or Madison into lock right now, just cover Nathan Brown. They could do that. Yeah. And then just give uh, Cartwright a roving role. Yeah. Um, if you're trying to get some value around Parramatta for your Neil supporter, the line's set at negative 20. So if you believe Parramatta can cover a 20-point head start, you will get them for around $1.90, which isn't horrible. And the total points in this game over under 43 and a half are both $1.90 as bad. well. So I'm not um, – I kind of like that 20-point uh, cover there for Parramatta at $1.90 if you're looking for value. Okay, so the next game is Newcastle versus the Roosters at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. Um, so he stuck... Adam O'Brien for Newcastle stuck with the same 17 that fought so hard but had no attack against Penrith. Um, but he has given himself the option of making late changes with Lachlan Fitzgibbon back to full fitness and Tex Hoy back. So you'd think those two would more calculate coming in to improve their attack because they're both... Um, Fitzgibbon's an attacking second right. roller, and Tex yeah. Hoy's trying to clone himself right next to um, Kevin Ponga. Uh, you don't agree with that? No, I've got kind of what's in my fantasy side. I don't want Fitzgibbon coming back because what? Oh no, Fitzgibbon will come in for Brody Jones or Josh King. Well, come off the bench. Yeah, he won't. No, he, well. he, he, he will come off the bench for the rest of the year. He won't take over Frizzell or Barnett. No, but, I mean, um, Frizzell will drop back to lock and Fitzgibbon nah. will go to second Nah, row he's been playing too well on the lock. edge for Newcastle this year. No way. Well, Barnett will go to lock. You've got That's more probable. Perfect utility. What? Um, okay. Well, I'm curious what happens when Mitchell Pierce comes back as far as utility role, but I'll wait for that till he comes back. Um, okay, so for the Roosters, Tedesco has been named in number one journey jersey, but will have to pass concussion protocols. I don't think he can he'll play personally. Did he get hit last week? Yeah, no, nah, no one's even talked about this. Um, mm. it's a ma- it was a massive he hit, got hit twice. <gasps> what Joseph Swali? No, no, it's already been um talked about. Hold up, I'm getting to that. Um, so if Tedesco's yeah, rule out, Ikevalu will go on the wing, Morris will go to the centers, and Manu will go to fullback. Um, that's already been stated, and he will not get a Why? debut. Um, okay, Sam Verrill's... That makes that back line look so ugly. Stop. Sorry. So Ali, he hasn't even been lighting up New South Wales Cup. Why do you think... What, I don't care. He's a fullback. Manu's not, and he didn't look good last week. He scored a try. And you always say Kurt Mann's good because he scores tries, and I always argue with you, so I'm swinging that back at you. Yeah, well, if a 5'8 scoring a bunch of tries, that's huge because they're not 
meant to score a bunch of tries. He's a centre and he hasn't scored a try all season until he got put in a fullback role. I just got a high blood blood pressure thinking about Kurt Mann again. Um, Hit your running. (laughs) All right, so there's no real changes for them. Um, Takeo has been named interchange after withdrawing from the squad for the lead up to Dragons Clash. Um, and Fletcher Blaker, Fletcher Baker drops back to reserves, joined by teen sensation Joseph Sawali. Okay, for this Let's game, go. um, what put him in there? Put him in there. Well, okay, I'll give Make you, I'll text sense for the back line. I'll text message you. Do you, do you even know how good he is? Like, have you even seen him play, or are you just going on? Like, have you I watched him play enough? It just <laughs> like, makes more sense. I'd rather why? just switch one player than switch three. And honestly, I'd rather have Brett Morris at fullback than Joseph Marnie anyway. <laughs> um, in this game, it's actually going to be interesting because <laughs> I'm curious about this one because you've got. Um, at, in the halves, um, you've got Blake Green versus Sam Walker. How's that so, interesting? Because you've got a guy who is... I'm going to get the comparison up right 50. now. <laughs> so, um, Blake Green is... Oh. <laughs> this is bad. He's 48. Okay. <laughs> he's, was he 34 against Sam Walker? He's 18. So he's close to double his age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they both played four games. Uh, Sam Walker scored two tries with five tries assists. Blake Green has scored no tries with zero try assists. Blake Green's kicking game is a bit better. Um, he scored... He's done 10 more kicks with now he's 600 more meters um, with 140. I, I sense some jealousy here, Jared, but remember the grass isn't always green or on the other side. <laughs> um, it's just an interesting because Blake Green is an established half for a long time and he's close to double of Sam Walker's age. He's also a 5'8", but anyway. Well, he's playing halfback this weekend because our shit. I know. Kurt Mann's playing 5'8". Um, Brett. Press the fullback at Cavallo on the wing. There you go. That's what I'd do. Are we still on that? I just I just hate what they're, <laughs> they're thinking. It annoys me. It's too many changes. Oh, uh, mate. Collins mate. starting. Uh, he had a ripper last week. I love watching Lindsay Collins play. Him up against Clemmer and Saifidi is going to be uh, brilliant. He's an aggressive young prop, uh, but... Is one of those few that can actually channel his aggression generally. Do you know what's disappointing? Doing things. Do you know what's um, disappointing? Angus Crichton mm-hmm. won't be lining up against Tyson Brazil. They're both on the right. I know. Yeah, Crichton's on the left. No, they will be. Do. That's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. I'm stoked about that. That'd be that'd be a good. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Is yeah. if Warrior Hargraves started, then you'd have Hargraves and Collins versus Clemmer and Saifidi. That'd, That'd be, be cool. That'd be massive. Uh, but that won't. So, yeah, I've got... And because you guys are playing at home, you'll lose. So, I'm going for the uh, Roosters. They've won 12 of their past 14 against the Knights. Knights have not been overly convincing at home this season, despite the awesome crowds that they do get. 
Uh, Knights forward Tuaso Sue will be playing his 150th NRL game. Oh, that's um, cool. Yes. So it says yeah, he's likely to return via New South Wales Cup anyway, even though he's been named on the reserve. So, so he's coming back from shoulder surgery, which is not something you want to push because there's a high chance that it can go wrong quite quickly if pushed too early. This is a late one on Saturday night. So it's a lot in a super Saturday. I'm going Roosters. Um, you went over the odds for this one. Yeah. I'm just going to have a look at what the line is. Oh, is that all? Geez, so they're expecting this one to be kind of close. So it's only a, a six-point margin on the line. So if you believe the Roosters can give up a six-point lead, you'll get them for $1.90 as opposed to $1. Forty-eight, which I've got on mine, and, and similar on Jared's. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. They're not expecting a scoring game; only forty-one and a half points. <laughs> That's low, considering the others. Okay, the next game. So, um, are oh, you picking Roosters in that? Yeah, yeah. So am I. Yeah. Oh, you're going again? Oh, after last week. Mate. Everyone else, that means they'll win. <laughs> Probably. All right, next game, you got Warriors versus Cowboys, where Warriors are going a dollar sixty. Cowboys are two dollars thirty-five. I'm very surprised by that. That's not a bad bet right there. Mm. I'm actually gonna put ten dollars on that for my 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 bet this week. There's Cowboys no looking at the line. Cowboys to win this. Okay, for this one. Um, lock four, Toe Harris, head knock and wing, winger David Fusatua returned to the side after late retrials the day before Melbourne clash. Um, Adam Pompey also resuming after being sidelined by injury. Roger Tuivasa-Shek reclaims his rightful place at fullback with boom rookie Reese Walsh taking over 5-8 from last week. Stopgap Bailey Sirenen, who moves to the interchange. Rocco Barry retains his place in the centres. Um, ben Murdoch Mozilla Ben Murdoch Masilla moves into the 13 with last round's back race starters Jaster Vegan Jack Murchie dropping back to the bench. Um, Tom Ale goes from the interchange to reserves while last week's omission Sean O'Sullivan remains on the outer in the reserves. I actually don't mind this team for the worries they just put on. Like, that's Roger Tilvasashek should always play fullback. Um, Reese Walsh, he played pretty well, but he was very nervous and I didn't think he deserved his spot over RTS last week. The big thing would be Cody Nikarima this week because he'll have to organize his Warriors squad because Reese Walsh is just going to get the ball and run the whole time. So that'd be big. There's a lot of pressure on Nikarima this week for the Cowboys. Um, Jason Tamalolo has been named to returned. That's massive for them. See, and his selection sees Lachlan Burst slide to the interchange, replacing Mitchell Dunn, who is serving a one-match suspension after entering an early guilty plea. Um, Jordan McLean is in the lineup despite only playing 21 minutes in the upset win over Canberra. Todd Baines' revelation to prop was dealing with a hamstring injuries. Um, only other change, Jarvid Bowen comes into reserves in place of SN Masters. So SN Masters is flowing even further out of this squad every week by week by week. Um, I am picking the Cowboys in this. 
they've on a run. Um, and as I said earlier, I don't think Nick Arima um, can direct his team around well enough um, to for them to win this game. Because as I said, Reese Walsh will just be getting the ball and running. Having a good battle will be Murdoch Masilla versus Jason Tamalolo, though. That'd be awesome to see. Yeah, so Tamalolo still needs to get through a contact session on Thursday. Remembering the last time he got named, he didn't pass the, the fitness test. And then the following week of training is where he broke his other hand. hand. So do keep an eye on that. And so, yeah, we'll know by the end of tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, you've got Peter Holler and Tom Gilbert on standby in the reserves to take the spot there. Just having a look through here. Valentine Holmes has been in a rich vein of form, so it'd be good to see him up against Tuivasa Shek. I don't mind the Reese Walsh at six. Uh, looking at how he played last week, he's a very, very quick player. Remind me very, remind me quite a lot actually of how Kalen Ponga moves. Uh, head down, ball out in front with two hands, very quick uh, lateral movement, very quick to uh, also shift from his lateral to forward and back if required. Nice to see Ben Murdoch Masilla get a starting position based on his efforts off the bench. Um, I still wouldn't be surprised to see him and Bailey Sirenden change before kickoff uh, to keep that impact factor coming. Um, it's good to see also, again, Tori Harris back to lock. And the, the Warriors will be stoked to have Josh Curran in the lineup. So it would have been quite unfair, I believe, if he was scratched from the side. Warriors have had the Cowboys number recently, winning three of the past four, to keep that in mind. And Cowboys are aiming for four consecutive wins for the first time since 2017. Now, the Cowboys have already got rid of their Leichhardt hoodoo this year. This will be another one. It's quite a, a, a few years since I've had four in a row. But seeing what they did last week uh, against the Raiders, uh, being down at halftime and coming back in that game, uh, they, they really impressed me. And, and running this form of Scott Drinkwater in the halves, I think that might be enough, especially if Tamalolo plays. Um, I am going to hold my right to change my bet if he's ruled out tomorrow, but I'm going to go with you on this one. And I think we still might be in the minority, but I've got the Cowboys as well, just to eke out one more win on this. Um, yeah, I just think that. Um, that's I'll that's very strange odds. Let's have a look at there. I think it's very strange odds considering the form rate and how patchy the Warriors have been. Um I would say that if they were that. playing, if they were playing in New Zealand, I'd believe it. But they're not; they're playing in New South Wales, so this will be interesting. So, the Warriors' last two wins have been against the Raiders in round three, and the Dragons in round six. Their sandwich in there have been losses to Roosters, Seagulls, and Storms. So they haven't had the easiest run lately. The Warriors. They had the Storm, put 20 points on them, but gave up 42. They beat the Dragons when the Dragons were on that three-game winning streak. So they knocked them off. Uh, they lost the Seagulls, but then they lost the Roosters before that and beat the Raiders. So they've had a pretty tough run the last five weeks. 
Yeah. Um, I honestly, they might be taking that into account, the bookies. I honestly just don't think that um, Cody Nikarima has the ability to move this team around properly. What do you think of this bet here? North Queensland to win by 13 plus, and Cole felt to score the first try. That's not bad. 34 bucks. Jesus. You're going to go, is that going to be your bet? Well, Kyle Feltz burnt me twice already this year. That's a, that's all that's... Um... I don't think he cares about your multis. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Adam will stew on that for a little bit, like he's still stewing on the Pembroke Manly game. The next game that rolls on to us is Dragons versus Tigers. So, in this one... Um, West Tigers are $3.75 and Dragons $1.28. For the Dragons, Ben Hunt makes his return from a broken leg after almost getting to a starting gate for Anzac Day clash with the Roosters. Jack Bird will shift back out to centers and Cody Ramsey to the wing. Thank God. Oh, who's, look, see who's on the wing. What? Max V guy. Oh, cool. He's the, yeah. That's, kid. Oh, awesome. Well, both um, Ravalawa and Pereira are out. Yeah. So, oh, Pereira, cool. that's what I was just about to say. Pereira and Ravalawa will be missing from the side. Max Figo caught up to fill the other vacant wing spot. Tyrell, full and Mayano, also tend to know a good play escape with a 1350 spot. Fine. Um, Josh Kerr has been named to start in the oh, second like row that. in place of Billy Burns, who replaced Kerr in a late swap for Anzac Day. Tigers. Uh, Joey Leilua has shrugged off a suspected broken thumb to return the centres in place of utility Michael Cheekham. That is just depressing. Um, who has dropped to the extended bench because he got ripped apart from Manly last week. Good work, Adam. Um, mm-hmm. Stefano Udukumanu has been relegated to interchange in Alex 12, shifting from lock to the front row. Don't mind that. They're going to have very two very tall front rollers this week. Um, and Joe Offerhand-Gow is sliding back to take over the 13. And Luke Garner earning the recall to the back row. Um, and Tons McKayley has been called on the interchange in place of Zane Musgrove. I actually don't mind that forward pack. So you got 12, Tamo, Leilua and Offerhand-Gow with Garner on the other side. Like, Garner's a quality player. And then you bring on the bench with Moses Embai, Utu Kamanu, Saifaf, and McKaylee. That's a pretty good rotation you got looking there. I'm actually it's quite a, impressed by that. It's it's solid. The only X factor out of all that is Leilua. Oh, I know. McKaylee can do a bit of damage for you. He can, but he hasn't been getting the minutes to do well, it. Well, that's, that's not his fault. Like, that's... Yeah, I, I'm... Um, they've got some, you know, they've got so much speed in their back line. Lane Laurie, Norfoluma, James Roberts, Talao. Um, again, we keep saying it. It comes up to Luke Brooks. Like, he's got to direct his team around, put some, put some of his players, those players in, in some space. It's going to like, a platform. Like, like, this forward back can give you a platform, but it's not going to be a fast-moving one. Yeah, and, like, no, no matter what we say about James Roberts... If you give him an inch, he'll score for you. And that in 
from what I've seen from their attack this year, they've just kind of like gave him the ball and gone, geez, I hope you do something, which he has done in the past, but you got to give him a bit more credit, a bit more time. Like you got to give every center in the competition time. So I, I also think that they're coming up against what could uh, evolve into one of the best shutdown center pairings in the comp. Yeah. Like Zach Lomax is already becoming, he's already above average and he's getting closer and closer to taking that next step as a elite. Well, elite in the defensive sense. Uh, Jack Bird's got the ability to do it because he's got the size, he's got the strength to do it. It's just about getting used to being back out there. And it's going to take time, but getting used to the reads and all right, I'm coming up against Roberts. I've got to give him. Uh, I got to get up on him, give him less time to create space, all that sort of stuff. But I think, yeah, Bird and Lomax, the more they play together in there, lockdown pairing. And Bird also, now that I've said that, I now remember that he says he wants to shift in the middle uh, sooner rather than later. But anyway, I think Anthony Griffin learned a lesson last week in that that many changes in one go is not going to work at this level. Oh, and that it was horrible. Look like a shell of what they did. And he's gone back to the tried and tested uh, lineup from the first few weeks that built into some good form. I really like the look of that Dragons backline. It's got a good mixture of solidarity and Lomax um, and Bird there. It's got some X factor and speed in Ramsey and Dufty. Uh, you've got familiarity with Norman and Hunt. And then you've got some unknown in Max Figo. I really like what that looks like, actually. Um, the interchange... Yeah, pretty pretty standard for St. George there. Yeah, I know. I, th- I think the Dragons, especially on paper to me, look more balanced and look like they can adjust their, their, their game more so than the, the Tigers are going to be able to, uh, depending on conditions, et cetera, how the game's going. In saying that, Tigers have won three of their past four against the Dragons, and but Dufty has scored 13 tries in his past 14 games at Wynn Stadium. Wynn Stadium is one of my favourite ones to watch games. Actually got the ocean in the background. It's a really nice looking stadium. Um, I've got Dragons in this. I wouldn't be like if there's going to be an upset this round I could see it being this one. Uh, but this it's all on the players now for the Tigers. I, th- I think Maguire's said all the right things in the media. He's saying what we're all thinking. Um it's still one of the worst rosters in the in the comp, and they've got a lot of solid players, but maybe not that next level. So yeah, I'm going Dragons. I'm actually going to get Tigers. All right, now we've got something different. Yeah, so I reckon they're gonna. Um, I reckon Dragons is going to go off and not have their best day, and yeah, I see that happening. Who are you going to pick out of Pembroke for Manly? you got to make a decision. Well, I was going to go Manly and like, because I said, we got to have someone different. And then we just went different on that one. I'm going into my Homer thing again. Maybe it's because well, I've got nothing against Penrith. I just hate the fact they've belted us the last two games. So I really want to see Manly beat them. Um, yeah, screw it. I'll... And I need to pick up. I need to pick up tips against the dudes at the top of the ladder. All right, I'll go. I'll go Manly. Um, Fair enough. Okay, that, that might that might be my value bet of the week. 
I'll go back into that one. So we've actually got three differences. We've got Penrith game different. We've got the Dragons and Tigers game different. Oh, I thought That's we had all. another one in there. No. Oh, no, yeah, because we both went the Cowboys and you actually went for the – you went against the Knights this week. All right. Uh, any value bet that you've got or best bet that you've got for this week? Yeah, I've got Cowboys winning. Ten bucks. Oh, what were they paying at? Cowboys were paying at oh, – where is it? I had it before. Um Oh, 235. Right. Well, I'm going to jump, considering I've tipped them, I'm going to jump the bet on them now too, Seagulls. <laughs> so I'm going to go the halftime full-time. So I'm going to go Penrith leading at halftime for Manly to uh, be leading at full-time at $26. Jesus. So I'm putting 10 on that. So I'm down to 80. I'm starting this week at 80. You're starting this week at 31.40. Got to get a win soon. Uh, yeah. So I've got, yeah, Penrith leading first half for Manly to win the game at oh, 26 You think Penrith's going to get run down. Wow, that's a big call. I know. That's why it's at $26. Yeah. All right. Um what are you most looking forward to going into round eight? Um, Benji Marshall again. See if he can repeat. Uh, yeah. His I just hope, I, I just love how much freedom he's playing with, how much fun he's doing it, and he's just got no pressure on him. Walks out there and just rips teams apart for fun. Yes, true. What about you? Well, I said this last time, and I didn't even see this at the start of the season, that Manly was going to be in the first two regional games. Um, I, I just love I, – I, I, I said last time, I don't care who's playing out there, I just love watching the country games. So I'll be sitting on the couch ready at 3 o'clock on Saturday to watch Penrith and Manly out of Bathurst because that, that Town always gets behind Penrith. It'll be a blackout as it has been the last two years I've watched it, which is just fine by me. But oh, I can't wait to watch that. I, I watch every regional game if I can. Um, if I wanted to pick a non-Manly inspired one now, the um, the matchup of Valentine Holmes and Roger Tuvasashek. I think Holmes is looking better every week. He's getting back to the player we remember before he left. And Tuvasashek just keeps doing his thing. And that could be a really big matchup in this game where it's it, it's even in other areas. But I like watching Holmes before he left and, and I love seeing what he's what he's doing again this now that he's he's getting back into his form. So Holmes versus Tuvasashek is a matchup um, outside of the Bathurst game for me. Okay. That's everything from us. Uh, we'll come back to you guys Monday morning. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll get a recording done Sunday night. Another long weekend, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so you should be able to get it done. Um, other than that, good luck for your teams this week and stay safe, everybody. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. 
all links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.